0: Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have Gleb Tsiporsky. Gleb is known as the Disaster Avoidance Expert. Dr. Gleb Tsiporsky is on a mission to protect leaders from dangerous judgment errors known as cognitive biases by developing the most effective decision-making strategies via consulting, coaching, and training with his firm Disaster Avoidance Experts. A cognitive neuroscientist and behavioral economist, Dr. Tsiporsky writes for Inc, Time and CNBC, and his new book available on Amazon and other bookstores is Never Go With Your Gut. How pioneering leaders make the best decisions and avoid business disasters.
1: Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me on Roman. It's a pleasure. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Well, I got to be a disaster avoidance expert uh, specializing in decision making because I saw some disasters actually as a kid in my family. My parents had a lot of fights where it was about little stupid things, but uh, I saw them making really bad decisions with each other. I mean, the worst was when my dad, who's a real estate agent, so he worked based on commissions and his salary was variable. And at one point he got, quite a bit of money, but he decided to hid it from, hide it from my mom and he bought kind of an apartment somewhere with that money. And once she found that a couple of years later, she was really pissed. She was very upset and they had a big, big blood fight. They separated for a while and then they eventually got back together, but she could never really trust him again. So seeing that I was mortified by the kind of decisions that my dad made. And then I was growing up. so. I was born in 81, I came of age in 1999, I was 18, you know, party like it's 1999 for those who remember it. And that was a dot-com boom when companies like Pets.com, Webvan and so on were making millions of dollars. They weren't making millions of dollars, they were getting investments of millions and billions of dollars to be honest billions and billions of dollars. And then in 2002, all of those companies went bust when I was 21. And that was just kind of ridiculous to see these supposedly smart people pouring billions and billions of dollars into these companies that went bust. And of course, then you had some really unscrupulous people in Enron, WorldCom, and Tyco who were using fraudulent accounting practices to try to hide their losses from the dot-com bust. And that was also ridiculous decision-making to me because obviously they'd be discovered. I mean, they end up, a number of them serving long jail sentences and so on. And so I was really fascinated by why people made these bad decisions and I really wanted to help them avoid these bad decisions. So that's avoid the disasters that come from bad decisions. And so that's why, how I got into this field, training, consulting, coaching, and becoming a cognitive neuroscientist and behavioral economist in higher academia studying this topic and helping people prevent the problems that come from bad decisions.
0: Nice. Is there like a uh, certain uh, criteria or steps like what to look for before kind of making uh, bad decisions or are there like common things where executives or companies start falling into that practice? Is there like an identifier or precursor?
1: Yes. So. Scholars call these cognitive biases. So the kind of typical patterns that we make of bad decisions are called cognitive biases. And you can look them up on Wikipedia. There's over a hundred of them, really problematic ones. My book goes over the 30 most, never go with your gut, how pioneering leaders make the best decisions and avoid business disasters, goes over the 30 most dangerous ones for businesses, for professionals, for entrepreneurs. So let me give you an example. The planning fallacy is one of the biggies we intuitively feel that all of our plans will go according to plan that because you know we are great we are perfect we make great plans so things will not be a problem and so the plans that we make we invest our resources our time and money social capital as though the plans will come true that's a big problem because in reality your plans will pretty much never survive contact with the enemy. You might have heard that phrase, but people keep making these plans. They have this idea that failing to plan is planning to fail. And that's a very misleading phrase. You know, lots of people get give that advice. Failing to plan is planning to fail. But it's very misleading because of this. Perf- we assume our plans will be perfect. A much better phrase that I use, I tell my clients to use is Failing to plan for problems is planning to fail. <laughs> Failing to plan for problems is planning to fail. So what I do with my clients is I look at the kind of problems that might come up with their plans and how they can address these problems in advance rather than thinking that, well, their plans will, will go well. And they solve a lot of these problems in advance. They prevent the problems from occurring. That's one. And second, even for unknown unknowns, things that they might not uh, know occur, they reserve some resources of time and money and social capital and so on to address unexpected problems. And they're much better off when they do that. So that's just one out of 100 typical dangerous judgment errors that professionals make that really uh, lead them in the wrong direction.
0: Yeah, I think I agree in terms of kind of planning for those problems. So how did you get to come about to write the book? What kind of inspired it and um, some of the things that it covers and some of the people you hope to reach with it?
1: So the book was inspired by my over 20 years of experience speaking to business leaders, professionals, entrepreneurs. Uh, I mostly worked with mid-sized and larger companies. So companies like Xerox, companies like Honda, companies like Nationwide, Affleck, I also work with nonprofits. Let's say the World Wildlife Fund, or the Columbus Foundation. So larger ones, as well as medium-sized ones. And what the book, what inspired me was looking at the experience. You know, I keep coming into new companies and seeing the same old problems every time. That the cutting-edge research from cognitive neuroscience has shown these are the kinds of problems people are likely to have in business settings, and people do have them in business settings. And I wanted my ability to prevent these problems you know my passion is preventing these problems my value sets is utilitarian i want the most good for the most number and just me being present in a company and being able to address the problems that just didn't give me that much of a reach so i decided and i mean in academia i teach students again that doesn't give me much of a reach so i decided to write a book and spread the knowledge and the ideas and experience that i had widely to really give people an ability to use the knowledge the expertise the background that i have come with cutting edge research combined with practical business case studies to help them make the decisions in their own contexts so that's what the book is about how do you actually watch out for the kind of problems that led so many companies astray i mean look at let's say right now we work we work is a company that was worth about 75 billion five six months ago or so and then it tried to go for its ipo and the variety a huge number of problems were uncovered in its governance structure mainly and now it's worth about seven billion dollars that's a order of magnitude decrease of 10 times decrease that's you know about 68 billion dollars of value wiped out right there it's huge and it's just because of bad decisions around governance structure and of course if you look at small companies Small Business Administration shows that about half of all small businesses go out of business in about five years. And the terrible thing is that this has been the tendency for the last few decades. So the ability of entrepreneurs, of small business owners, founders to create effective small businesses hasn't improved and that's terrible how why has it not improved well because people don't learn about good decision making before they go into small business starting up their business so that's what my book is designed to address all the way from large companies to small companies solopreneurs how can you improve your decision making
0: Yeah, that's great. I think obviously studying history and and studying kind of uh, variables that repeat themselves can really help in terms of organization, like you said, large organizations and small ones that, you know, tend to fail at at a high rate as well.
1: Yes, they do. And what I talk to people about is how do you address these failures? Perhaps, you know, one of the biggest, biggest problems that people make the mistake of kind of the underlying principle behind these cognitive biases, is that our decisions are intuitively driven by emotions. You know, I've probably heard people tell you to go with your gut, go with your gut. That's emotional decision-making. That's really, really bad. Now our emotions drive about 80 to 90% of our decisions if we let them. That's just the intuitive natural state. That's how our emotions drive our decisions. It's not data, it's not rational thought. 80 to 90% of our decisions are driven by our emotions. So people, what they do is they feel in their gut that something is true that something is the right way to go and they go with it. They feel that certain information is true and accurate and they decide to incorporate it. Now, whether they feel the information is true and accurate has little to do with whether it's true and accurate. They, people believe misinformation all the time, whether in business or other areas of life. And they make terrible decisions all the time, whether in business or other life areas. Like you said, that's kind of a high rate of business failure. And this is a huge problem. People need to be able to distance themselves from their emotions, from their intuitions and say, hey, I might feel that this information is accurate. Most likely because I would like it to be accurate, to be honest. People, like, people equate information that they like with accurate information. Now, they need to be able to distance themselves from that and say, hey, let me question this. Let me." And there's specific techniques that I have that pe- in the book. And never go their gut how pioneering leaders make the best decisions and avoid business disasters to help people evaluate information accurately and even more importantly how do you use this information to make the right decisions people feel a certain decision is right that has nothing to do or that often has nothing to do with whether it's right or not so they need to be able to distance themselves from their feelings about whether a decision is right or not and evaluate effectively using counterintuitive decision making mechanisms of whether a decision is right or not
0: yeah i agree i think uh, people are often told in terms of business to take emotion out of it and you know make a decision based on kind of facts and not what you're feeling at the time or before because it's going to be biased and you may or may not make the uh, right decision
1: people do are Told that but unfortunately the vast majority of business leaders don't you know i was uh, talking to somebody a fellow business leader about how others uh, how other business leaders make decisions and he asked in a ceo peer advisory group you know how often you know do you go with your gut or do you not and He told me that every person in the group, and there was a group of about fifteen people, told him that, "Yeah, I go with my gut. That's that's what I do," (laughs) and that's very typical for business leaders of all sorts, from you know, from business leaders in big businesses, medium, uh, middle market companies to small companies. They go with their gut. They go into their intuition, and they don't ask the really effective questions that would prevent the kind of problems that lead to decision disasters. So I developed a very quick technique that people can use. It takes less than five minutes to use this technique to ask much, to ask the kind of effective questions about any decision that are very likely to prevent a decision disaster. You know, they would screen for the vast majority of these cognitive biases that us to make decision, bad decisions. So first question, what important information did I not yet fully consider? Again, what important information did I not yet fully consider? You want to look especially at information that goes against your preferred choice. Again, information that doesn't feel comfortable, it goes against your preferred choice. It's information we're likely to overlook if we just go with our intuitions. But this information, if you can try to disconfirm your preferred choice, say, hey, how can this preferred choice be wrong? If you can't show that it's the wrong choice, then it's much more likely to be right. So that's the first one. Second, what dangerous judgment errors did I not yet consider? What dangerous judgment errors did I not yet consider? So, the cognitive biases that I'm talking about. There are over 30 of them. There are 30 of them described in the book. Never go with your gut. How pioneering leaders make the best decisions to avoid business disasters. And of course, you can go on Wikipedia. There are over 100 of them described. They're not specifically for businesses, but they're quite useful. Third, what would a trusted and objective advisor suggest I do? So again, think of someone who's a trusted and objective advisor. What would they suggest you do? What would Roman suggest uh, you do? What would somebody who you trust, what would they suggest you do? Now, those are the first three questions. We're going on to the implementation stage. How have I addressed all the ways this decision could fail? Again, think about how have you addressed all the ways this decision could fail? So I talked before about addressing problems. Think about the problems in advance. Don't think that your plan will be perfect. And as part of the failure, think about how you might fail to seize opportunities. It's not only about threats, it's also about opportunities. You could fail just as badly by not seizing the opportunity as by running into a problem. And finally, what new information would cause me to revisit this decision? Again, what new information would cause me to revisit this decision? it's it's very important to decide this in advance think about what would cause you to change your mind in advance because when you're in the heat of the moment when you're implementing the decision you're attached to it it's very very hard in that time to actually step back and say hey maybe it's time to rethink this decision but if you decide in advance that, you know if this product doesn't hit a certain profitability within six months then I will change my approach to the product launch that's a much more effective way or if i don't get you know sufficient number of clients and this you know 10 clients at of you know a hundred thousand dollars each if i don't get that number of clients within the next year then i will change i will seriously pivot my business plan. So you need to decide these things in advance before you implement the decision. And as you see, you know, I've talked this through in just a few minutes, just a couple of minutes on these five questions. You can ask these questions in less than five minutes and you pretty much always have five minutes to make any significant business decision that you don't want to screw up.
0: That's awesome. And taking that short amount of time can really obviously save a company or save a lot of money for companies as well yes absolutely so what motivates you to succeed
1: what really motivates me as uh, i think i mentioned before is my utilitarian value set i really want to address suffering that's been my motivation from the start you know i've seen my family suffer my parents suffer from really bad financial decision making i've seen of companies suffering a a lot of people lost their retirement savings when the dot-com boom and bust happened and of course later the financial crisis the great recession happened i've seen so many people make terrible decisions lose their life savings you know and it's just i get really frustrated when i see people needlessly make really bad choices that really harm them and i really dislike suffering i want to address suffering and By getting to business leaders, by helping them make better decisions, then it's a very effective impact. I find it to be a very effective impact for everyone in their company and the external stakeholders as well, that it really reduces suffering and improves well-being. So that's really what motivates me to succeed. Wanting to reduce people's suffering and improve well-being through getting to business leaders and helping them make the best decisions.
0: That's great. So, uh, what's one thing that you may have had or seen a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and now utilize as a strength
1: today? The biggest problem with uh, my personality is a cognitive bias called the optimism bias. So, I tend to be very optimistic. I think the grass is green on the other side of the hill, and you know, the, I'm tend to be risk blind. And this, in a way, is a pretty big weakness because it tend it causes me to not notice threats and cause me to underestimate threats. And this is something that many business leaders actually suffer from, the optimism bias. They think everything will be great. They tend to be very optimistic. And this is something that was a big problem for me until I started studying this stuff, cognitive biases, and learned that, hey, This is something that I need to be able to address. And now that I've learned that I suffer from the optimism bias and how it causes me to have many serious problems where I take too many risks. I mean, I've I've screwed up things that I really shouldn't have screwed up (laughs) due to the optimism bias. So what I do right now is I'm still allowed to motivate me. I still allowed to have the positive feelings. So the asset aspect of it, the optimism bias is really good for the positive motivating factor of it, getting my feelings into the right direction. But now I check my assessments of risks with people who have more of a pessimistic outlook. I say I get a trust and objective advisor who has a pessimistic outlook to say, hey, here's an idea I have, can you tell me, is this a good idea, is this a bad idea, how can this go wrong? And I work with this person to make sure that they can help provide constructive critical feedback for this idea. So the key here, the broader principle here is to look at where your emotions are likely to lead astray. So for me it's optimism and then retain the part of your emotions that's really helpful you're you're not going to suppress your emotions because you really can't they're still going to drive your decision making without you realizing it what you need to do is channel them in the right direction so i channel them in the motivation aspect of it i use the optimism to motivate myself to go forward while at the same time checking the dangerous aspect of it the risk blindness by running my ideas by somebody else who I trust to give me constructive, critical feedback and improve the ideas going forward.
0: No. Yeah, I agree. It's a great mindset to have. So what's one thing that you have in terms of advice for the audience, personal or professional?
1: Hmm. So the thing that I tell folks is to always check with your head before going with your gut. Again, always check with your head before going with your gut. Now. Talk a little a lot about the gut here. Why am I critical of the gut reactions? Because the gut reaction, according to the recent research, is actually not adapted for the modern business environment. You'd be surprised. It's actually adapted for the savannah environment. When we were lived as hunters, foragers, and gatherers, and in small tribes of you know a dozen people to you know not more than 150 people. We lived in those small tribes, we were very tribal and we also had the fight-or-flight response where we had you might have heard of it as a saber tooth tiger response where we had to get away from saber tooth tigers so our ancestors are those who jumped at a hundred shadows and reacted to them very strongly in order to make sure to avoid that saber-toothed tiger if they didn't they wouldn't survive so we are the descendants of those people who survived based on having a very strong excessive threat response. We are also the descendants of those people who survived based on having a very strong tribal response, meaning liking people who look like us, not liking people who don't, who look like us, who think like us, and so on, and also having a very strong desire to climb the social status, to be high in the tribe. Now, those problems, those tendencies, cause a lot of problems. They cause a lot of the cognitive biases that lead us in the wrong direction so i that's why i tell people don't trust your gut reactions your gut reactions are going to lead some many cases into cognitive biases so you always want to check with your head before going with your rather than going with your gut on business decisions
0: yeah i agree and that's kind of uh, the framework for everything so uh, i really appreciate you coming on today can you let the audience know how they can find you
1: Sure. They can find my book, Never Go With Their Gut, How Pioneering Leaders Make the Best Decisions and Avoid Business Disasters on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your props to indie bookstores, anywhere online in-person bookstores. So check those out. They can find out more about my work by going to disasteravoidanceexperts.com. Again, disasteravoidanceexperts.com. I have a blog, videos podcasts various free resources you can check out and you can check out my paid resources consulting coaching speaking manuals books and so on right there as well you can connect with me on linkedin gleb ciporsky dr gleb Sapursky on linkedin again that's G L E B T S I P U R S K Y on linkedin and finally if you have any questions about anything i said on this podcast just email me gleb g-l-e-b at DisasterAvoidanceExperts.com Again, Gleb at DisasterAvoidanceExperts.com Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Thank you so much for having me on, Roman.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at novazoradigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.